Would you pray with me, Heavenly Father? May tonight be life-changing for the hopeless, the broken, and the hurting. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in every heart tonight that is listening. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal the wounded heart. I pray, God, that you would reveal salvation to the broken. I thank you, Lord God. You're here, and we are your sons and daughters, and we belong to you, not to this world. We belong to you. In your precious name, I pray, amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, if you have a Bible, open it up with me. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay because I'm going to read it for you. But I'm going to encourage you to get a Bible or download an app on your phone. That's a good way to do it. I, just, uh, I recently spoke to a group of young people at a youth retreat, and not a single one of them had like, a Bible like mine. It was, they, they all pulled out their phones. I was like, oh, oh, okay, I'll work with that for now. All right. You know, I said, man, times are changing. I said, but as long as you're getting in the word, because the scriptures are everything and it's life. Amen. Praise God. Listen, go with me to Genesis chapter 29. And my message is, is simply titled Leah's love story. Genesis 29. And we're not able to get through all of this, but I just want to make sure that before you leave tonight, you get a sense that there's good news for you and that Jesus loves you. Amen? Genesis chapter 29, and it, we're going to begin with verse 16. It says, now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And in verse 17, it says, Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Now, look up at me real quick. That, that kind of shocked me the first time I read it because it was this one moment in Scripture where I realized, wow, did Scripture just make a distinction between one girl looking a certain way and then another girl beautiful in form? And I began to just ask myself in my own curiosity, what, what makes for weak eyes? And I wasn't quite sure what, what Scripture was talking about. And I'm, I'm still not quite sure. I'm not, I'm not sure if she was slightly cross-eyed or, or, or maybe her eyes were slightly bulging out. But scripture gives us this distinction that Leah had weak eyes and Rachel looked good. I was like, wow. Even in scripture, they just making this kind of standard as to what looks good and what doesn't. How, how dare the writer write that? But then, but then as I began to like study, I realized that this was a liberating word for somebody tonight. And, and, so, and so, scripture says, Leah's eyes were weak. But Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. And Jacob loved Rachel. And Jacob had showed up to Laban's house. And it's a long story with him, but he had made some mistakes. He was on the run. And he shows up to Laban's house. And, and Jacob was in, in a season of his life where he was learning some hard lessons and, uh, and known at times to be a deceiver. But Laban was also known to be a deceiver too. And so to give you a little context, and so Jacob said in verse 18, Jacob loved Rachel and he said, I will serve you, Laban. I'm going to serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. And obviously, right, in his human nature, I'm going to serve Laban for seven years. I mean, that's how, that's how much he loved Rachel. I mean, she must have been really beautiful, some kind of girl. And for whatever reason, he wouldn't put eyes on Leah, maybe because her eyes were weak, because that's what the Bible says. 
You ever looked at somebody and feel just kind of awkward because you just can't figure out which way they're looking at you? Okay, let me, let's get back to the word. Y'all need to stop that and behave. Verse 19, you with me? Say amen. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. And then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife that I may go into her for my time is completed. Easy, buddy. Verse 22. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But then in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob. And he went into her. In verse 24, Laban gave his female servant Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her servant. And in the morning, behold, it was Leah. Turn to somebody and say, hello, somebody. <laughs> and Jacob said to Laban, Jacob said, what is this you've done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, it is not so done in our country to give the younger first before the firstborn. He's making stuff up. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Verse 28, are you with me? Say amen. amen. Jacob did so and completed her week, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his female servant, Bilhah, to his daughter Rachel to be her servant. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. This is, this is what we get out of Leah's love story, an ugly love story, not because Leah was ugly, but because of the ugliness of sin. Here, Jacob shows up. He sets eyes on Rachel because scripture tells us she's beautiful. She looks good. And he falls in love with her. And he says, I worked seven years for her. And then Laban prepares a feast, and prepares the day of the wedding. And while everyone is feasting and everyone's gathered together, almost as if it was sort of a smoke screen to hide really what he had on his mind to do. He brings Leah to Jacob. Leah, the older sister, the one who we even see in Scripture doesn't look as good as the younger sister. Already labeled right here that she is not pretty enough. That her eyes are not attractive enough. And so much so that her own father doesn't even believe that she can get a husband one day. And so Laban goes and gets her. And you have to picture this moment. As everyone's feasting, everyone's excited, and Jacob thinks he's getting ready to marry Rachel. And I just imagine Jacob, I imagine Laban, I'm sorry, grabbing his daughter's hand and saying, come, come with me. I've got a plan for you. And Leah going, what are you, what, what are you doing? Oh, he doesn't even love me. He doesn't even care. Why, why, why are you? No, just, just come on. This is better for you. I have to imagine that this was something that she knows is not in her best benefit. And it's not something that is going to allow her to feel confident in herself. Matter of fact, dad's actions are going to humiliate her. 
He brings her into this room while it's dark. Because I truly understand in this story that her father didn't believe in his oldest daughter. Her father recognized her as the weaker one. Her father didn't want to be stuck with her for the rest of his life. Before you and I have had to face failed fatherhood, it was going on right here in the Word. Come on, go in there. Dad, come on, just, this is not love. This is just you just thinking that you can fix everything. No. And just like that, she goes into the tent. And when Jacob wakes up in the morning, the Bible says he wakes up in the morning, the sunlight comes in, and it's not Rachel, it's Leah. And it, the scripture doesn't even tell us that he says anything. I just picture him just rolling over and just seeing Leah and then just getting up and going to Laban. What'd you do to me? And the spotlight for me is still on Leah. Laying there. Humiliated by her father. And now rejected by her husband. And I imagine her crying, not knowing what to do. Because scripture goes on to to give us this other truth that not only is she humiliated by her father, not only is she rejected by her husband, but she's hated by her sister. And so the Bible goes on and says in verse 31, you with me say amen. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. And so she has a son. She names him Reuben, which means see a son, which means God sees my affliction. God sees the humiliation I've had to endure. God sees the rejection that I'm, I, I'm having to face. God sees that my, my family, my, my sister hates me. God sees and maybe, maybe now that I've had this son, maybe now, maybe now my husband will love me. And it's amazing in this scripture how we get this person, Leah, who, who knows enough that God has shown his favor, but she's still running after the approval of man. She, she knows enough that, that God has blessed her with a child, but she still wants to know love from Jacob. And she feels like all that maybe the Lord would give me will help me gain the affirmation and the value approved by man. And so she has another child. She says, she conceived again and bore a son and, and said, because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Which means to hear. And again, she conceived and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will be attracted to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. And every time she had a son, she felt like it was another opportunity to gain his approval, to earn his love. She said, man, God sees what I'm going through. God hears my pain. God hears my cry. And, and then he, she has the third job. She goes, maybe now, maybe now there, there, will, there will be intimacy because she was just sleeping with her husband, but there was no love there. 
And I began to think about many people that will give of themselves to other people without getting anything back. And you continue to give of yourself in, in the effort to earn love. Well, praise God, you don't have to earn God's love. Praise God, you don't have to strive for it in such a way where you hope that whatever I do right, I hope it will earn the opportunity for God to love me. God freely gives his love. God freely cares. God freely desires that you would live a life knowing his mercy and his kindness. Maybe he'll love me now. And some of you have set your eyes on a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You set your eyes even in your commitment to your job or your education, hoping that will, will solidify your value. Some of you want to be affirmed. Some of you want to be praised. Some of you are just waiting for somebody to say, I love you. And even in, the, even in your effort to earn love, even in your effort for for acceptance, even in your effort to feel valued, you, you come to this one place where you're like, God, come on, you, I, you see what I'm going through, come on. God, you, you hear my cry, what's going on? How come he doesn't love me? How come she doesn't love me? How come my family continues to just reject me? How come I haven't heard from my father in days? How come I haven't heard from my father in months? How come my mom hasn't said I love you? Not once. She's always just coming down on me. She's always just criticizing me. And my father, he doesn't even believe that I can achieve or do anything in life. He just keeps coming up with a new idea just to get rid of me. And now I'm humiliated. Hey, fathers, it's important that we tell our children that they are beautiful and that we love them and that we care. Because it is a reflection of how the Heavenly Father feels about every single individual that's here in the house of the Lord. I've got two girls, 14 and 9. My oldest, Zena, my youngest, Zoe. From day one, they have always created a pattern in their life to come into daddy and mommy's room when they've gotten dressed and they will come in and they want me to see their outfit for the day. And forget about it. If mommy does her, their hair, oh man, daddy better not miss this one. And through the years of their life, they will come in with maybe a new dress or their hair done and they'll come into the room. And there've been times where I've been like busy just moving about trying to get stuff done. And my wife will give me that look. She'll eyeball me and be like, look at her, look at her hair. Look. Say something. Say something. Oh, okay. Hey. Hey, hey, princess, you look absolutely beautiful today. Hi, hi, Zena. Hi, Zoe. Oh, you must be an angel in disguise. And, and, and I, 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 I strive and press on each day to let my two girls know that, that they are loved, that they are beautiful, that they are made in the image of God. That they belong to God. I, I go on and tell my girls they're the most beautiful girls in the school. As far as I'm concerned, as the daddy, they are the most beautiful girls in the school. Well, guess what? 
if you think I'm saying something about my girls, this word right here, here repeatedly tells us that you are loved and you are made in his image and you belong and you're special and you were created for his glory and he has a promise for you and you are not less than, you are more than in Christ Jesus, but you will not be able to go forward unless you realize that you are loved by God. You will find yourself constantly humiliated, rejected, trying to give of yourself in order to earn love by man. And you will do that. And you will continue to do that if you do not come to a place where you understand that God loves you so much that he gave his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins that we might have life and life more abundantly. It's not, it's not enough to know that God sees and that God hears. It is very important for you to know tonight that God loves you. And I believe that Leah comes to a place where she realizes not only does he see, not only does he hear my cry, but he loves me. Because scripture goes on to say, she conceived. Therefore, she conceived again and bore a son. Verse 35, if you have your word, you got to read this with me. And she conceived again. And bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing for a season. And the name Judah means to praise. Now, remember just earlier on, as she conceived and gave birth to three sons, her words were, this time, maybe my husband will love me. Maybe he cares. But the fourth time around, I believe that Leah received a revelation. The re revelation was, God loves me. The revelation is, not only does he see, not only does he hear what I'm going through, but he loves me. And finally, she came to the realization, you know what? I am done trying to have this man's babies and exhausting myself trying to earn love, trying to earn respect, trying to, uh, to, to, to earn my value in life. And finally she just goes, you know what? This time I will praise the Lord. This time I will praise the Lord. This time, I will give God glory. This time, I will just look to Jesus Christ. This time, I will surrender to him. This time, I will trust in him. This time, I will believe that Jesus went to the cross and died for my sins. This time, I'll praise the Lord. And just like that, she has a son, and his name is to praise. Now, here's what's so amazing about this fourth son. Out of the lineage of Judah, which means to praise, was born King David. And out of the lineage of King David was born the Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. This is good news. Because when you turn your attention to Jesus and stop chasing after the validation that comes from man and finally realize that you are fully affirmed at the cross, you will then realize that you can now say, this time I will praise the Lord. Because when you surrender your life to Jesus, he will birth something in you. It is peace that he will birth in you. It is new life that he will birth in you. It is his grace that he will birth in you. And I'm telling you right now, it's time for people tonight to praise the Lord. I don't know, some, some of you have been praising the wrong thing. 
hoping that you'll get something in return. You see, before, you can never find peace amongst those that are wish-washy, emotional, back and forth, because we're always surrounded by people that will humiliate, reject, hate, and disrespect you. That's just the truth of it. That much doesn't change when you receive Jesus Christ. There's still going to be haters. There's still going to be people that are going to reject you. There are still people that are going to humiliate you. And finally, you, you need to come to the end of saying, maybe this time he'll like me. Maybe this time she'll say, I love you in the text message. Oh, will you stop reading that girl's text and get into the text message that will never leave you nor forsake you? Maybe, maybe this time it'll just it'll work out uh, uh, on my job, and maybe this time I'll get a raise. Maybe, maybe this time the doctor will say that I'm getting better. Maybe this time my dad will finally call me. Maybe this time if, 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 I, if I do this and if I do that. Listen, stop trying to do this and do that and hold on to what Jesus has already done on the cross. This time I will praise the Lord. And see, it was Leah that birthed the Prince of Peace, not the pretty one, the one with the weak eyes that we talked about earlier. That's the one Jesus wants. The one who's been considered less than, that's the one Jesus wants. The one that doesn't get picked, that's the one Jesus wants. The one that gets passed over. The one that feels like they'll never get forward. The one that feels like they can't hold down a job. The one that feels like they'll never find a husband or a wife. That's the one Jesus wants. He wants to step inside, make you a new person, and fulfill what he has called you to do in your life. As long as you'll come to a place and say, this time I will praise the Lord. This time, I will praise the Lord. This time, I will praise the Lord. This time, I will surrender my life to Jesus Christ. This time, I believe in faith that God has a plan for me. This time, I will fully surrender to Jesus and I give him my life. This time, I will not see myself as less than. I am in Christ Jesus. His spirit dwells in me if I just believe in faith. This time, I will praise the Lord. God, I'm just praying right now that you would birth something in every person who believes in faith right now. Give them new life, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you would mend the broken places in their heart where they've been left laying down, feeling hopeless and humiliated and rejected. God, I'm asking right now that you would take those that have been humiliated and you would bring healing, that they would be a testimony of healing. You would birth healing, Lord God, in their soul. God, those that have been rejected, I pray that you would birth restoration in their soul. 
I pray that there would be a rise of faith tonight where they would say, this time I will praise the Lord. And stop looking around you and it's time to look up and recognize that there is a Savior that belongs to you and you belong to him. For every man and every woman here, you've had a Leah moment. You've been dealing with some things. You feel like you're not qualified. But praise God, Jesus qualifies the unqualified. Jesus isn't interested in beautiful people. He's interested in broken people. Broken, hurting, marginalized, thirsty, as we heard this morning from Pastor Carter's message. And if you didn't hear that yet, you need to go back and listen to that. Now, for every person here tonight that says, this time, I will praise the Lord. This, this time. This time, my life is fully given to you. This time, I'm going to trust that God is going to heal. This time, I say yes to Jesus Christ. And if that's you, I want to pray for you right now. If Leah's story is your story, you come right now. Without shame and without guilt. This time, I will praise the Lord. I want to pray with you. This time. This time I will praise the Lord. That's right, men come, women come. This time I will praise the Lord. No more shame, no more guilt. You just come. You receive Jesus. This time I will praise the Lord. You are no longer less than. You belong to Jesus. And maybe some of you are going, ah, no. Hey, guess what? We've all had a Leah story. Every single one of us. All right? And thank God that we can praise the Lord and not be ashamed because Jesus washes away all of our sins. He washes and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He washes and cleanses and, and makes us whole and he heals the brokenhearted. He mends the brokenhearted. I mean, it's just, I, I imagine Leah always just looking down because she's always feeling like she's just, she's not good enough. And some of you, you, you look in the mirror and you look at yourselves and you go, man, I just, I'm just a mess and I'm nobody. But I, I want you to walk out tonight and I want you to look in the mirror and go, man, I'm a, I'm a son of the living God. I'm a daughter of the living God. I am not less than, I am more than in Christ Jesus. He's made me new. I've got the victory in him. I have a purpose. I have a promise and it's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's believe right now for healing. Let's believe right now for wholeness. No one is less than today. We're believing now in the name of Jesus. See, true salvation calls us to recognize that we are made a new person in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for the healing work that you're doing right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you. Heal every wound now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. Every harmful word that's been spoken over my sister, my brother, Lord God, every word that has been negative, Lord God, we come against that thing now in the name of Jesus. God, I'm asking for wholeness now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I belong to you. I'm your child. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. You died on the cross for all of my sins. 
thank you for forgiving me. I believe you rose again on the third day. And I have new life because of you. I am a new person because of you, Jesus. I have a new identity because of you, Jesus. What people have said about my life no longer stands. Only what you have said, Jesus. So thank you for giving me the victory. In your name I pray. Amen. Listen. No longer is it Leah's love story. It's your love story. This is your love story. You are loved. You are loved. You are no longer less than. You belong to Jesus Christ. Those words that were spoken over your life, that's it. It's done. It's done. It's, when Jesus went to the cross, he said, it is finished. And when you look in the mirror tonight, because most of us look in the mirror before we go to bed, but when you look in the mirror tonight, speak to yourself. Don't matter if anybody's around. I want you to look in the mirror and say, I am, a, I am the son of the living God. I've got purpose. I'm a new person. My past can't hold me back from going forward anymore. What they have said about me in a negative way no longer stands because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. I am a daughter of the living God. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. And it all falls into what God's called me to do. I might not fully understand it all, but he's going to lead me because I've got a spirit living inside of you.